Thank you for joining me for this episode of Talking Talent. I'm Nicole Fuqua. You're listening to our audio series where we dig into issues related to talent acquisition. Today, we're talking about talent acquisition market trends. After one unprecedented year, we're now living through another. Cases of COVID-19 are falling, vaccinations are rising, and employers are hiring again. How is all of this impacting programs like RPO? Joining me to talk about this is George Tate, People Scout Senior Vice President of Business Development. George is a reputable sales leader with more than two decades of experience in human capital management technology. George has built top-notch, high-growth sales teams in the enterprise, mid-market, and small business segments. And we're so glad to have him on our team here at People Scout. George, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So we are in the middle of a very unique year, to say the least. What kind of trends are you hearing from buyers right now? I think the main thing is we, and I don't want to say that we're, we're post-COVID, but we're on the downside of what, what COVID really, the, the impact that it had with organizations. And what we're hearing right now is that most of their staffs are very lean and they're looking for help. And, and I, I guess everyone's calling it the great rehire. I call it the hire, right? We've got to hire, hire people back within the organizations. I think right now that the key is they need help. And that's one of the things that we're hearing more and more is that even though they're staffed, they still need with the number of people that they need to bring back on, they need help. So we're seeing it all the way from technology to really managing the process and helping them manage through it and or a timeline of certain hires, niche hires that they need to make that they're looking for organizations to come in and supplement and or all the way through doing it all for them. You know, building to the point we're at now, we've seen certain industries starting to rebound at different times. But now with these high vaccination rates and low COVID numbers and just kind of general improvement, is the recovery becoming more widespread? I would say it's widespread. I don't think it's industry specific. I think that organizations throughout the past 12 to 18 months have laid off uh, a portion of their staff. And now that businesses are getting back to, you know, back in order, I think one of the things they're looking for is how do I do this and what kind of revenue loss am I going to have if I don't have people in their seat? Uh, and that's really what we're hearing most is that the revenue loss of not having people working at their organizations is causing more pain than actually finding people. It's just more of getting people in their organizations in order to start driving revenues forward. Now, we've been talking for a while about the great rehire or the great hire, as you put it. But so far, the conversation has mostly been about the fact that it's on its way. Are we here? Is this it? I would say this is this is the run the precipice of what this is going to become. I think this is the beginning of where I see the future of 2021, and then more importantly, 22 and 23, as organizations begin to grow, and then obviously where their staff is today. I think the other thing that to really be mindful of, as we go back into this rehire, that most organizations are now looking at kind of a virtual workforce where a percentage of that workforce is now going to work virtually. And one of the things that, that organizations are asking us is when we go to find the talent, you have to find talent that actually can work virtual. There are some individuals that really don't have office space in their home and they really, it's hard for them to work from home. They need to go into an office where that's a part of the others. What 
People Scout does is we have a, a talent advisory team. And I know organizations have these internal, but they're also looking at creative ways in order to attract talent that allows them for the, in, the candidate to then see what the job really is. And is it functionally work? Can they work from home is a better way to say it. With the continued prevalence of virtual work, we learned a lot at the start of the pandemic about virtual hiring. How is that carrying over into the discussions you're having now? Yeah, I think that's a lot of organizations have started to step toward that, how to onboard someone virtually. I think if you take a step back and look at technology and how we actually go through the candidate experience, we're now most candidates, we can start the process off by a text. We can do now virtual videos to start the interview process. I think most most employers understand that employees now, even when they were displaced or non-displaced, that they now have been working from home for some time. So I would say that the, the majority of the companies that we talk to today have a, a process in place to onboard someone virtually. I don't think this is going to be new to some companies. I think the mass um, rehire is going to cause some pain. Obviously, even in our own internal organization, you know, when we set up to someone to have a computer, we might make 200 hires this week. You have to have 200 computers. You have to have all their office equipment set up. So there is some pain that's going to happen. But I think most organizations have already retooled that way to rehire someone in a virtual world. What are some of the biggest needs and what are some of the biggest challenges employers are seeing right now? So I think it's there's there's a three prong that I see here. One is technology. What is the technology that's going to drive uh, current candidate pools in order to attract the talent? The second is brand awareness, and not so much brand awareness in the organization, but brand awareness to the candidate. What does the job look like? Is it meaningful? Is it going to be impactful to me? And the third is the pool of talent that's out there today. There's some really good talent. And now it's just a matter of finding that talent and the interview process they're going to have to take in order to extract the top 10% of the employer pool or the employee pool they're going to go after. I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. I think the, mo the, the challenge that internal managers are going to have, uh, as an example, we were talking to a company the other day, they had 21,000 resumes off of one post. And as you can imagine, Number one, you're going to have to go through and assess those resumes to ensure that they're the right, they're the right fit. How do I do that? And I think that's what that most employers are looking at now. Can I streamline that process? Are there things that we can do? Can we create personas and assessments to individuals to know, are they going to be the right fit for the organization? So I think it's, those are the three main areas that I think companies right now are not struggling with, but it's one that's very mindful and they're going to have to answer. So we've heard there's really kind of a dichotomy in hiring right now, where some organizations are just receiving mountains of applications, while others are struggling to fill roles. What are you hearing about that in your discussions? Yeah, so I think it's 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 there's two there's two kind of roles. So they have roles that are that are facilitators, and they have roles that are news hunters. The facilitating roles are the ones that I that are the number, the masses that we're going to have to then rehire. The niche roles, the ones that are more um, technical in nature, are the ones we're finding to be a little bit more difficult, um, just because some of the talent pools are very small. They're not as vast as the others. Um, with that being said, I think if you look at how an organization goes to find it, I think it goes back to that advisory component. If I have a brand awareness to my candidate and what social media outlet am I attracting them to? And 
you know, when you look through LinkedIn, do I stop instead of text that someone wrote that we're hiring or do I stop and there's a, there's a video attached to it of what the organization looks like? I think that for the, for the remainder of 2021 and 22 and beyond, I think most companies are going to have to get very, very creative and that the way that they, their candidate branding that they're going to have to do for the future and what the company looks like. And more importantly, and what we're finding more is that there are jobs out there that the, we know who the company is, we know their brand, and we love the company, but I'm not sure that job fits me. And the way that you go about taking that experience for the candidate and showing them what the job is and is their impact, is their meaningful, is their thoughtfulness, and do I create a legacy behind me of the job that I'm doing? And more importantly, do I see the cause and effect of what my role is? And 5, 10, 20 years from now, can I look back and see what I helped create this company to become? Now, is that advisory component you mentioned becoming more expected as a feature of RPO programs? Yeah, I think it's, one, I do think it's becoming more prevalent. I think there's there's some that have internal marketing teams that, that do a lot of that work. The heavy lift is more of having the psychology behind what it looks like and what you're going to go and how you're going to attract this talent. I think it's almost becoming more expected that this is an extension of what you do. Traditional, if you think of a traditional RPO, I'm going to go and just find people. I'm going to use the same the same ways that you find people on different social media outlets. I'm going to go to functions. I'm going to go to university. I'm going to do all those things. But the one thing that they're asking is that, can you supplement our own teams? An example would be, if I'm going to go into a different country, how does that country react to our brand, our persona? How do we create these of the awareness to those employees? What outlets do they have? Can you do some metrics to our business that allows us to understand when we do attract this type of talent, what is the cause and effect? And I think the extension to the advisory and what we can offer as a company, but more importantly, what organizations look for is a true partner and it can be short-term and long-term. We can do projects, you know, like any, like most marketing teams do, but it can also be a long-term venture where we're advising and counseling based on where the organization wants to take it to the next step. Well, that kind of leads into my next question, which is what does a successful partnership look like right now? It depends. So I think if you look at some organizations have really, if you look at their personal and their internal TA function is really small at this point to when no one was getting hired and they, they had to unfortunately lay some folks off in those departments. It has come now, if you look at organizations and what they're asking, what they're looking for, I think some organizations are taking that TA function off their P&L and they would rather have somebody else do it and the reason I say that, if you look at, if this happened again, which I, you know, God forbid we go through another pandemic or we go through something like this, is that they're on and offboarding versus, you know, the real truth would be that you just fire us, right? You're not firing internal folks. It's more of you're getting rid of us when that, when those tides go down. And I think, as you know, as we hire folks, we have peaks and valleys of our hires. And if I have a real big valley and I have a huge staff on hand where we can move staff around in those down times and then make sure we're staffed up in those big times, 
The other is, I think this is the most important. If you think of the different functions that that a company is looking for. So let's use an example of I have 13 hires in a specific department that I need. My team is taxed. Can you come on in 13 to 15 weeks and hire these roles? The second would be, can you come in and help us with direct hire? Can you give us some of our executive levels? Can you go out and find these niche hires that we don't have the staff today to go and find those folks? So I think it, it all depends on what they're looking for and what their certain team is today and what it's going to look like in the future. How does technology fit into a successful partnership today? Yeah, it's a good question. So if you think most organizations are going to have their own internal ATS system, so usually we're not going to unhook that component. I think more importantly, it's what is what is the ex- candidate experience? What do they experience from the front all the way to the end? And can we become more efficient in the way that we can deliver right up into the fact that we're going to interview, that we've gone through and we've done all the assessments. We've engaged in each of those, the individuals to screen and make sure that when we do finally get to the hiring manager, instead of doing 10 interviews to find maybe one or two folks, that you can bring that and scale that back down to four or five interviews to get those two folks. And it really, it comes down to time and time right now is very valuable, especially when you have to hire a thousand people in a year. If you think of that four to one ratio where now you're going to interview 4,000, why don't we get it? If we can get it down to 2,000, it cuts that time in half. But more importantly, that talent pool, once you've gone and you've screened and you've assessed and you've created personas of what kind of employee would work here, organizations need that time back in order, you know, obviously in their growth pattern, but more importantly to the employees that they're actually hiring to get them on board and train and be productive. What about the virtual component in this? Early in the pandemic, we went from, especially during the implementation process, from a really hands-on, in-person approach to what is now completely virtual. How is that impacting partnerships? I, what I would say is I don't think it's impacting as much as you think. I think people have, in all organizations, even in life, in our own personal lives, we've gotten really used to doing most of our stuff via Zoom or, or some form of media that we're becoming more and more comfortable. And I'll give you a good example. I actually went through a whole process and started a job here and I've never met one single person in person. And I think when I look back at that process of understanding that this is, and I don't wanna call it our new normal because I think it's getting, it's worn out. I think this is our new way of life. I think that that a part of what we're going to do is going to be, you know, via video of some form or fashion. I do think at some point in the near future, we'll get back to what I consider person to person and, and get back to what I consider business as usual. But I think from a candidate experience, I think most, if I look at the talent pool that's coming through, they're used to this. This is what, this is what their life has, has been like. And to have them on video, to have them go and resource and, and find organizations, they do it all online anyway. So I think, I don't know if this is going to be the bigger impact. I think the bigger impact to organizations will be when I do find the talent, did I build out the right persona of who would really do well at our organization, virtual or in an office, in the environment when we do bring the people back to the, in the office? And really at the end, if you think, we really need a certain amount of folks that are going to want to come back to a corporate office or a facility because it's going to be imperative for them to do that. 
and ultimately finding folks that are willing to go back to an office. And with the changes we've seen in the workforce, we've heard about the growing importance of total workforce solutions or total talent. Are you hearing that from talent leaders? Yeah, I think total talent long-term is going to be what I think most organizations are looking for. So if you think of the overall process, so you think of all the functions that happen within the organization. So I have a, a niche hire that has to be made. I have, you know, let's call it a thousand hires that need to be made in the middle section of the company. I have offshoots of, say, a department or an organization structure within our business that might need 20 hires within the next, you know, 20 weeks. And then, multi- and then you have to look at who's going to manage this, right? Who's going to be the service provider that manages this whole function? And especially if you're using third parties in certain areas, right? who's going to manage that? And then more importantly, if you look at the overall arching um, TWS or total talent, however you have total workforce solutions, you can they're interchangeable. But within our organization, we have sister companies that do temp to perm, that do management hires, they do other things. That if I look at this from a total, uh, I may have facilities, uh, and we have a few clients that actually have um, parts of their, their organization that actually do temp, they're mostly temp, you know, workers, that they're not full-time FTEs, that we actually can go in and ask one of our sister companies to facilitate that. So I think more, I think down the road, as we look at part-time, full-time, you know, temp to perm, bringing people on that most organizations are going to look for one vendor that's going to manage this whole process from top to bottom. Well, that leads right into my next question. So what opportunities do you see for the next few years beyond 2021? Well, I think the biggest opportunities for organizations are what does it look like for them and moving forward, how do they, what do they look like in 2022 and 23 and 24? When you start to do your, your three, four, five year um, strategic plan, does that involve having this either internal or external? Then more importantly is what kind of technology needs to be in place that allows you to do your growth? So if I know for a fact I'm going to have X amount of turnover, but I'm also going to have X amount of growth and new hire that I have to make sure that the company that I'm using, if it's internal or if it's internal, then obviously you've got to do your hiring. If it's external, are they capable of bringing us the technology? Can they advise us if we do grow into a market? And one of the things that you look at, if, if I want to be in a certain state or a certain geography, one of the things that stand out, and I guess going back to your, your, your talent advisory component of are the hires that we need to make for these positions viable for this geography or location? And a lot of times you may say that I want a facility in a, in a, in a certain spot. We, we can come back and say that there's not enough talent in that market in order to facilitate the hires you need to make. Therefore, we can do some in the market, but then we would have to bring in that virtual world. So a lot of the, the, the growth in a partner that allows you to grow with us and to grow with you that allow the information flow to go either internal or external by the way of marketing to those candidates, marketing to the job, marketing to the resource, marketing to the function, and then more importantly, the growth that you're going to need over the next three or four or five years. Is there anything else we should talk about or anything you'd like to add? I would say the the one topic that, that keeps coming up and evolving is the word, I need help. 
and, and I need help. And one of the things that when I hear the word I need help, what help? And I think that's where organizations are, are looking to companies like us of here's what we have to offer. We're not sure what questions to ask. We're not sure where, you know, where to go. Uh, and not in all facets, but in certain cases where I think we've got the resources, we have the resources to include the things that can that can answer and define what that actually does look like. And I think that's the the underlying, the underpinned items that organizations are looking for today of, I need to get these questions answered, but more importantly, what are the questions? And I think that's where the talent from whether it's advisory, whether it's temp to perm, whether it's full RPO or ROD, or even a managed service provider, however we look at it, is that we have the expertise. And I think the industry is looking for that today, tomorrow, and in the future for us to be able to handle and facilitate. So from now to next. From now to next. <laughs> Do you think this is related to the fact that we're living in a time that is so unprecedented that no one has really ever experienced this before? I do. I think when when this happened, I don't none of us were prepared for it. And I don't think anyone would would say that when we were in it, when we come out of it, what is it going to look like? I think we're still trying to answer a lot of those questions. I think when you get into a pandemic like we're in right now, there's a lot of unknowns. The unknown is, will this come back? Could this happen again in 2022? Will it be as, you know, as devastating as it is in 2021? So I think the questions that we're trying to answer are, are really questions that we don't know yet. We're still trying to figure that out. I think the economy, as you see it, is starting to grow. It's starting to come back. I think there's still skepticism, whether it's in you know, certain businesses or Wall Street, there's still questions that are unanswered of what if. And I think that's where, the, where as, a, as an organization, when we ask all the questions, we're starting to hear from different organizations of the, what they're trying to solve. And it helps us provide that answers to other organizations that are trying to answer those same questions that they don't even know yet. Uh, and I think we're still learning as an organization and, and most companies that are out there today what does my staff look like in 2022 and 23 and 24 and 25? And if we do have a downturn, how am I going to then replicate what I'm doing today? Well, that is the perfect spot for us to wrap up our conversation today. Thank you for joining me, George. Well, thanks for having me. This was a, uh, a, a great topic and great discussion, and I look forward to having some more. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions that we didn't cover today, you can send them our way. You can email us at marketing at peoplescout.com or you can find us on social media. Just search People Scout on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. To make sure you don't miss an episode, visit our website and subscribe to our feed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review. Talking Talent is a People Scout production, music by sound design through Shutterstock. <laughs>